this is a Texas Cornhole Show. My name is John. This is Grant. And uh, we're filling. This is a bit of a filler episode, I think, because there hasn't yeah. been a lot going on. Hasn't been a lot going on, but there's big things coming, right? Yeah. So big um, things on the near horizon. Right. So, yeah, we got Signature Series next week. Excited for that. We have our draft coming up. Yep. We have a, a majority of that figured out. You know, there's still some people who haven't signed up with their partners yet, but we're working through those problems. Yeah, the TCL Signature Series draft. That, that'll be our next episode. And I'm going to try to cram in an ACL draft, too, because there's an ACL open at the same time. All I have to do is figure out who's registered and who's playing with who. Right. So if anybody knows how to figure that out, let me know. I'd appreciate it. Yeah. And we're going to do a double draft. Maybe you'll get bonus points if you get the right ACL teams. Yes. Something like that. It'll, it'll be good. Um, <clears throat> so things that have happened, there was an ACL open recently. Um, you know, I didn't see any Texas guys near the top, to be honest. I don't think any Texas guys made the cut, uh, you know, to the final bracket. Well, do you know if Texas guys went? Um, yeah, I think like, I want to say Logan was there. Uh, Gavin, I think was there. Um, your, t- your typical guys that travel to the Opens, okay. you know, but, um, that makes sense. They've been making a bunch of videos and stuff lately for BG bags. Yeah. I, you know, but like I said, the, what, what I can say though, is that the guy who won it, the open singles was Ryan Trader, friend of the show. Oh yeah. Friend of the show. So out of six open singles events, uh, ACL open singles, that kid, Ryan Trader has won two of them. So it, uh, it begs the question, number one, is he the rookie of the year so far? Number, so number two, is he the best player right now? Winning two out of... It's, it's hard to argue otherwise, right? Yeah. So it's... Here's the deal with, you know, how these events work. Open wins are definitely meaningful. Doesn't mean anything if you got, you know, a Sammy Soto who goes out and wins a national. Doesn't mean anything if you got a uh, Jeremiah Ellis goes out and win a national. To me, a national absolutely trumps opens. and. You know, again, I'm a bit of a novice when it comes to these things, but I'm assuming it's because at the Nationals, that's when everybody goes. You're only playing against pros and pretty much every single pro is there. So the the mean competition level is higher at, at, a, at a National. And uh, ACL hasn't had any Nationals yet, and I don't think they are having any until like April. Yeah, which is crazy, right? You know, they're... they're they jam pack these national. It's not real to me. It's you know they advertise a year long season, but by yeah. doing it's pretty much a year long of opens, and let's just cram a bunch of nationals and do it like two months, three months. Yeah, and I you know um, I'm forgetting his name. the The main guy Trey Ryder. Trey Ryder was on the Big Ass Cornell podcast, and he addressed a lot of the issues. And I'm just not remembering what he said about this. He did say that they're scrambling a little bit on scheduling. And the the question was asked, well, did you schedule the Open in Texas at the same time as a Signature Series event on purpose? And the response was no. We were just trying to get something booked and just happened to be at the same time. Um, also answered the question, can our ACL pros get able to play in TCL? Is that an issue? And um, he said it's not an issue as long as things kind of stay the way they are. As long as TCL doesn't get any bigger. Is it, well, <laughs> he didn't say that, but he did say he left the door open. He was like, well, you know, as long as things stay the way it is. Um, it, it's all good if guys want to play in TCL instead of ACL, which yeah, we, we were talking before this show, you told me that we're going to be drafting Justin Burton Jr. He's going to be a player that's available to be drafted for a draft. He is coming to the signature series. Instead of the ACL Open. Correct. You know, you're, um, and I wonder if part of this has to do with him maybe not being on a, um ACL team that is participating in that Open. Because I know someone like Sammy Soto... Um, he's absolutely, Sammy is absolutely wanting to get 
and playing more ACL events, you know, between school and there not being anything ACL around here. He needs to pick his moments to go. Yeah. But AC, uh, but Sammy's going to be participating on his um, ACL team event. I think it's Pennsylvania. Oh, okay. Um, um, but so that he, they needed him to show up so they could do the team's event. I don't know if it's the same for Justin, if he needed to show up to participate on a team. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, I was looking at the signups and I think Justin, it might be the only like hey, ACL pro that Zach I Zach Harris is also coming. Oh, he's doing a uh, TCL too. Yes. Is he who's he playing with? Zep? Um oh, no, they can't. They can't. Um uh I know I see Gavin Mullen. Gavin Mullen is gonna be Zach okay. Harris's partner. All right, that'll be a fun team. Too. Um I don't know who Justin's partner is because I guess it's a big secret because he won't sign up with him. So when we do the draft, yeah. it might just be a picture of a backpack because uh, whoever you are, you're getting carried. Yeah, the red backpack from uh or the Last of Us or what oh. was the the four? The four zombie games. You ever play that game? No. Four people played. He tried to escape uh, maps from zombies. Four. Left for Dead. Okay. I think I played backpack. Left for Dead one. Okay. I got you. There's a red backpack icon out there you can use for him. Um. So yeah, I mean, what's been going on in the world? You know, it, the I do want to talk about the our channel a little bit. Um. I've been making a dedicated effort to try and grow the uh, Texas Cornhole Show's channel. The goal is to get to 1,000 subscribers. Badass job, by the way. Thanks. I'm yeah, looking I, at it. Guess what, guys? I can take zero credit if anything <laughs> i've been a hurdle to get over no, because john has been grinding through on the uh youtube and he's what would you say the percent in the last 30 days has gone up subscribers uh, yes. a third a 33 percent. we've picked up over 100 new subscribers over the last month and i think a lot of it well for me i just got motivated because the live feed here is so cool uh, it is and, and a lot of people that are listening to the show are watching the live feed and checking it out um and then i've kind of learned how to do some shorts and some creative editing with uh you know, my laptop and all the stuff I like to learn about. So it's a new hobby for me and it's a lot of fun. And if we can get to a thousand subscribers, um, then we're able to unlock a lot of the tools that YouTube has, um, you know, for like legit channels. So that's right. the goal. Uh, you know, it's funny, you have to get a thousand subscribers and 4,000 watch hours and we're almost there with watch hours. So the people that do watch our show and watch our live feeds and all that, they watch a lot of it. So uh, we, our watch hours are way up compared to most small channels with only like a few hundred subscribers. So thanks everybody for that. Um, anyway, if you're interested in learning more about the YouTube channel, just let me know. I'd be, I'm, I'd be happy to share our stats. It is kind of neat. Like for example, um, when we first launched shorts, started, started doing shorts on our channel, we got some international attention, right? Okay. People, cause you can, you, you can see like where everybody is from that clicks and watches your, your, your short. Would you like to guess what country we are most popular in with our shorts? Yeah, country. I don't want to say a fucking car. I want to say never gonna get it. You're never going to get it. Just guess what? Europe. Uh, that's not a country. That's a continent. I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> that's, it's not even on that continent, though. It is South Korea. Okay. By a lot. You know, you look at our stats and like, you know, what do you expect to see? You see Dallas, Fort Worth, yeah. Austin, yeah. Oklahoma City. Believe it or not, there's a, a, a pretty good amount of people that watch from Oklahoma City. Okay. Um, and then it gets weird. And then it's like New York City. Who's watching in New York City? Uh, East Coast. There's some Carolinas uh, views. There's some uh, California stuff. West okay. Coast. And then Seoul, Korea popped up. And like, it's weird. But it's the shorts. Maybe it's the music. Is it? Is it? Maybe. Is, is Cornhole going to get hot in South Korea? Is that going to be the next thing that uh, the ACL goes to? Are they going to go to South Korea? Apparently, the Cornhole's hot there. 
Hashtag cornhole shows up in feeds in South Korea. Well, if you're in South Korea and you're interested in starting a center cornhole brand, (laughs) (laughs) reach out to me and I can get you set up. Yeah, I guess Big D wouldn't be popular there. All right, so that's about our channel. And hey, thanks everybody. You know, it's this is a lot of fun for me, and uh, I hope you enjoy the content. We'll try to keep it interesting uh, and be on the lookout for uh, you know new stuff on the way. I keep getting new stuff. Um, All right, so you one of the things you wanted to talk about since we're kind of in a lull at the moment. Oh, wait, I forgot I have a big announcement. Let's hear it. I have a big announcement. Um, Mark your calendars, folks, because April, there's a Thursday and, no, a Friday and Saturday in April that we're going to have a big tournament here in, uh, at AJ Sports. March, April, it's going to be April 19th and 20th. There is going to be a tournament uh, at AJ's, $5,000 guaranteed payout, completely forgot until right now. Um, So mark your calendars. And there's no SIG series. There's no big event that's happening around that time. So right here at AJ's, it'll be broadcasted live. $5,000 in the pot. Come get it. Uh, doubles and singles. More details on that to come. Again, mark your calendars. April, what did I say? 19th to the tw- 19th to 20th, Do right? we know who's running this tournament? I know all the details, but I'm not sharing it until, like, give me a couple weeks. But it, the dates are locked in and the money's locked in. So... Let's go. All right. Let's, let's see go. what happens. 18th or 19th to 20th. It's the third weekend in April. I hope to see everybody out here. And, and it, I mean, this is a great opportunity to come out to AJ's too. Because, yeah. I mean, if y'all haven't seen the venue yet and you have, uh, for whatever reason, haven't come and check it, check it out, $5,000 is a good reason to come check it out. Good reason. And by then, we're going to have the new broadcasting booth. It's actually going to be like a, a little raised little area for people to hang out and, and broadcast. I want to say the store is going to be done, but Raymond's like, no, no, we're not going to get there yet. Um, but uh, it's going to be a, a BYOB and bring your own food event. So you can bring your cooler beer, bring your Chick-fil-A, get your um, Uber Eats delivered here, um, hang out and go for $5,000. I know it's going to draw a lot of talent. So there's going to be a lot of people here fighting for it. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, more details on that to come. I'll probably uh, let all those details out after this next signature series and the next uh, ACL open after that passes, then I think it's going to be the, one of the bigger events on people's calendar coming up. Awesome. Cause I don't think the SIG is, is until May. Um, and I didn't look and see when the ACL nationals are, but yeah, uh, there's some high school events, uh, scheduled out, but other than that, I don't think there'd be a conflict issue. Cool. 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 All right. So that's a, a big announcement, uh, here at AJ's big tournament on the way. Uh, and there's, well, there's more in the way too. There's actually be two in April that are pretty good, but I know more about the one I just talked about, and I can guarantee the $5,000 payout. All right, cool. So you wanted to talk about practice styles as a topic of conversation and how to practice and how to practice to get better and uh, give some tips to people out there. Yeah, so it wasn't necessarily just about, you know, practicing. Um, you know, during it, this is relevant to me right now. That's the reason I want to talk about it. But so we just had this big Christmas, New Year's break, right? You know, some people took that time, like myself, to not throw bags, to kind of get away from cornhole and just enjoy, you know, peace of not having to do anything. You know, let me go play a video game. Let me go hang out with some family. Let me go hang out with my girlfriend. This, like is, this is what I did. And I have to say, Baldur's Gate 3 is super good. Yeah, it's fun. There's a reason that game is getting such good reviews. Everybody in my house loves it. Uh, yeah. Sorry. Shout out, shout out Shadowheart. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> Although I like the, re- the well. Never okay. Um interesting choice yeah. right there. Hey. Um so 
with all that being said, you know, taking that break, you know, you start to lose some of that muscle memory or, you know, you have it, but you got to shake off a lot of rust. You know, you come back and play and you lose your gas a little faster than what you, you know, your cornhole stamina kind of went down. So how do you get yourself back into the cornhole groove? So let me just say this. Showing up an hour early to an event and throwing is one of the best things you can do. Just get on a board and just start, just literally just start throwing. You know, if you're going to, if you think rounders is going to get you there, it ain't going to get you there. You have to just, it's, it's not even about when you're first getting back into it. It's not even about, um, doing something correctly. It's just about getting an amount of bags in. So your, you know, muscles can kind of get back into the stamina part, you know, building your stamina back up. So, um, just amount of bags. If you, if it's 500 bags, if it's a thousand bags, just try to throw as many bags as you can. So once you get that done and you can start getting your touch and feel back, and then I would jump on something like skinny boards. If you don't have a set of skinny boards, please invest in some because that will get you back on your game faster than almost anything else. You know, I have a comment about skinny boards. First of all, I totally agree. The skinny boards are great. Do you, do you have any that you recommend specifically? Um, I don't have a certain brand I would recommend. I would just recommend getting a set of skinny boards that's 18 inches at the bottom, 12 inches at the so top. I call those the trapezoids, right? Sure. It's because there's some that are just like straight. Don't do those. I agree. Okay, I'm glad you said that. Um, the, but the, the one negative to skinny boards, if there is one, for, again, for my opinion, is that you can lose your touch. Being in, For a golf term is pin high. Pin high means you're always, the distance you hit your iron is always going to be the distance to the pin. Maybe a little left, maybe a little right, but you're pin high. You're at, you're where the pin is. You get your distance right. And I think with working out on those skinny boards, maybe too much, you can kind of lose your your speed touch because you have to either go in the hole or you miss, right? So it's sometimes it's nice to see that you, you know, left a little bit short, or if you went left or went right, you had the right speed. Is that do you follow me on that? I understand where you're going with that. For me all that kind of goes out in the window it goes out the window on skinny boards i think that helps you it, it gives you a smaller target to focus on so you know when you go from a set of skinny boards to a set of normal boards if you miss on a set of normal boards you know if you were to throw a bag off the board but it'd be close on a set of skinny boards odds are it's going to land in, in an okay place on a normal set of boards and your bag might still work up towards the hole yeah. compared to a set of skinny boards you're going to see that you just failed that shot. Your body's going to recognize that you just failed that shot, and you're going to tweak to make sure that you're always in the middle. You're always in that same area, and worst-case scenario, you're a little bit outside. Um, so I, it, it just it improves your game drastically. I mean, I, there's so many great players out there that got a set of skinny boards and started wearing them out yeah. that took their game to a whole nother level. Yeah, yeah. It, it helped me progress uh, one level for sure. And then on the speed thing, I was just trying to leave it on that front lip. That's how I kind of worked on my speed and my touch when I was using skinny boards. The way to work on touch for me is definitely by setting bags on different spots of the board kind of spaced out and just start trying to land in between them. I mean, that's going to teach you how to use the entire board, yeah. the touch part of it, you know. And, um, you know, sometimes people leave that accidental real low blocker and you just need to land. You don't need to airmail, just land right behind it and slide up the board. Um, Brian Hodo, he told me that he's been doing kind of my practice style of working on his touch. And he had a situation pop up in this big money tournament recently and he executed it perfectly. Three bags in a row, right behind it, slid in, right behind it, slid in. He's know. been playing really good. He, he's going to get bumped. Oh, I hopefully. I mean, is he a B? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he's been out here a couple of times. So I've, 
you know, now that I'm just commentating and not playing as much, I actually think it's making me better as a cornhole player because I'm just watching people play and I have to put myself in their position as I'm commentating on it. And it's helping my mental game and it's helping me kind of see shots that I wouldn't have normally seen. Um, and yeah, point is just watching cornhole, I think can make you better at cornhole. So tune into the live feed and comment down below so I could interact with you a little bit. Um, okay. One thing you haven't mentioned though is airmails and what, you know, my, the w biggest weakness of my game is airmails. And so I've been telling myself whenever I practice 50% airmails minimum that I'm throwing, not my airmail percentage, but I can't just sit there and throw slides, throw the blockers, throw between bags. I'm forcing myself every other bag, at least I'm shooting an airmail. Um, I never practiced airmails like that. Um, for me, it, you know, if I'm going to throw a fourth bag in practice, it's pretty much always an airmail, my fourth bag. Cause that's, if you're going to throw an airmail, your fourth bag is probably the one you're going to throw. Um, other than that, I really didn't practice it. I don't like only shooting airmails cause that's not realistic at all. Um, you know, if, especially if you're always missing your first one. So do not, pra I would not just actively practice airmails. Airmails is 90% confidence. And then honestly, the other 5%. What are you looking at? You know, if you're normally always overthrowing your target, look at the front of the hole on airmails. If you're always um, hitting your target, look at the back of the hole. You know, it, where you put your eyes is a big part of what's going to happen on the board. So if you're struggling on airmails, try to focus on a specific part of the hole and just pounding that side of the hole. For me, back of the hole. I, if I'm, it, because I hate missing airmail short, if I miss and knock the scoreboard down behind it, that's fine. That means I probably didn't knock, knock the bag in in front of the hole that I was trying to avoid. So back of the hole, off the board, that's where I want to miss my airmails. Yeah. Yeah, me too. And I have the, my problem is I always land on the front of the hole. So you gave me a tip once of aiming for the back of the hole. And now I've got a little spot, depending on what, board, what boards I'm playing on, that I'm aiming for at the back of the hole. Seems to help a little bit. Um, and one of the things I've been working on with um, the show and our content, and I actually have a lot of them teed up that we'll be publishing over the next week, is uh, what's your grip, right? How people grip the bag. And I always find myself when I'm practicing tinkering with my grip a little bit, trying something new, trying something different. Where do I feel the pressure on my tips or palms or or whatever? Um, do you Have you changed your grip throughout your cornhole career? No. I The same grip I started with, the same grip I have now. Um, I might move my grip up and down the bag depend, depending like sometimes I catch myself moving my hand down to the bottom side of the bag because that helps me spin the bag more um but then I'll start missing a little bit more a little bit more left and right um and then sometimes I'll work my way up the bag just because I know it'll make my bag spin less so I can just stay more straight while I'm throwing um but I'm typically pretty neutral right in the middle um I, I have a very neutral grip I don't have a I don't have a grip that's meant for rolling like a butterfly grip. I don't have a grip that's, I mean, I don't know how to explain it. I just feel like I'm holding a bag. Um, so I, I use my, I use three fingers to pretty much grip my bag. The other, uh, these two fingers right here are really just there to rest, rest the bag on. Yeah, I've noticed that with some of the higher level players. And some of them, you could even curl their pinky back a lot. Uh, where yeah. you can't even, their pinky isn't even touching the bag. They've decided to put their pinky on their palm. And they're, yeah. they're reaching out with a bag or they're gripping the bag with the, you know, their other three fingers and thumb or just two fingers and thumb like you just described. Right. But yeah, that'll be something. That's actually a trick in um, bowling. You know, if you tuck your pinky, it's going to get a couple more revolutions on your ball. Whoa, you're that into bowling? 
didn't know that. I was a bowler. Uh, not a, I'm not going to say I was a great bowler, but I was a bowler before I got into cornhole. Well, that explains it. I've just been naturally good at most things I pick up, but... Whoa, big statement. Naturally good at most things that you pick up. Because I get obsessive and I just figure it out, you know? You know, the, uh, a lot of people don't do that. They don't take the time to analyze what they do and why things are happening a certain way, you know, when they do certain things. And you sometimes you just got to sit there and break down your own throw and be like, okay, when I release like this, this is kind of the reaction I get. When I release like this, this is kind of reaction I get. When I, you know, come forward before I come back, I stay straighter on that line. If I just come straight back, then I'm spraying a little bit. I mean, you just got to tinker with yourself, man. Yeah, it is nice to see yourself on video. It happened to me in my golf career. I made a big improvement. You know, I finally saw myself on video and realized I was doing something that I didn't even know I was doing. And I never would have guessed I was doing it, but I was, and I saw it right there and there it's me doing it. So I made a little tweak and it improved my golf game significantly. And with cornhole, same thing, but you know, have you ever experienced this where have you tried to make a change in your throw where it feels really, really weird? but you see it on the video and you almost look identical. It almost looks like the same throw as before. It just feels a lot different. Or if you make a little change, it can feel very, very different, but not necessarily be that much different in reality. It just feels different. Yeah, I can understand what you're saying there. But I mean, if you're ever in a slump and you got videos of yourself when you were throwing really good and you can go back and watch those, typically you're going to find something to focus in on to be like, I'm not doing that anymore. Yeah. So. Yeah. All right, cool. So mental game. Did you have any tips for the mental game or is that what we've been talking about? That's pretty much what we've been talking about. And, you know, confidence, you get confidence from practicing. You get confidence from knowing you put the work in. So if you're not feeling confident, it probably just means you need to throw some more bags. Yeah. I mean, I, I did learn a little bit of basics of, of like the mental game and the psychological, psychological aspect of sports. Um, and there are things that are proven to work every single time. Those things include breathing. Obviously, it sounds obvious, but you know, controlling your breathing, taking a deep breath, like before each frame, um, to calm yourself, to give your body oxygen, to help dilute the uh, I forgot the name of all the chemicals that are in your body that cause stress. But you know, as you breathe, you're diluting those, so you want to try to make sure you breathe, take a deep breath. It also helps you slow down and focus. But breathing is a good one, and it's just proven to work. The other one is having both the physical and mental process. If you can go through a process, you can rely on that process under pressure. Um, so those are things that you can, work I actually on. think about that all the time, you know, um, whenever I get into certain big moments and certain games and I'm, you know, feeling almost like a little bit nervous, I almost am like going into factory mode. I'm just like, just trust it. Just let it go. You've done it a thousand times before. Don't let yourself hold yourself up Just stay loose and reach for it. And it's probably going to go in. It's probably going to go in. It's yeah. probably going to go in. <laughs> so, like um, that. and typically that's what happens. Yeah. You know, and if you look at the higher level players, they look identical every single time. Even when they throw different shots, they, they almost look the same. Like I was watching Ellis play the other day and you know his roll to his slide to his airmail, tiny little differences. I mean, his, his bags almost all look identical every single time, but they're doing different things. So but, you know, doing the same thing every single time, uh, is, that's what this game is. It's a very simple, basic game. And I think having a basic, simple process is, is something you can practice or you can work on that will improve your mental game. Absolutely. And I will say this, you know, I've picked up a little bit of a roll shot. I've been saying that for a while now. You have. But now I'm like, I'm hitting that thing. Oh, shit. But, uh, you know, I experienced it and it probably had to do some with, you know, not throwing much lately either. But I was hitting some roll shots, doing some rolls. If I ever shot two rolls in a row, I guarantee you my next bag was going left. Oh, is like, that right? On a normal slide shot, airmail, whatever, my bag was going to go left because huh. that's 
because for me, uh, what I I guess the, what finally clicked in my head that if I want my bag to roll, then I need to focus on spinning it more than what I typically do. And it sure enough, it's working. Um, it's working really good. My it's legit. I'm yeah, serious. I'll be watching Chase TV. Lester would be impressed. Woody, yeah. is he the role master? What He's a cheat code dog. The cheat code. Um, but yeah. So th- um, then I go into my. No- it happened in two of my games of this past singles event I ran where or played in where. I was on a roll throwing just fine. I then uh, all of a sudden I shoot, shoot a couple roll shots. And for the second half of the game, I can't even hit the middle of the board because I just whenever I'm going to throw my my arm is naturally pulling left because that's what it just did. It just did that. And it sounds dumb, but it was oh, no. with my mechanics. Trust me, I've suffered significantly from trying to learn a roll bag and being able to execute it. But then I lose everything else. Right. So it's, all, it's a different pitch, a different throw. It feels weird. I hurt myself. Right. So I'm not, and, and at the end of the day, I'm not a roll shot player. I, but for me, I know for me to take the next step of my game, I at least have to have a good enough roll shot where, hey, the air mill just doesn't make sense here, but you can try to squeeze it in with a roll shot. And let's talk about that a little bit more, right? Because what, what I found when I learned an air mill, as soon as I saw one blocker, I'm going air. I'm going roll bag. Because I, I learned it. But I don't think that's necessary. Go no. behind it. No. And only shoot the airmail when there's like a pile of bags or a bunch of bags in front of the of the board. There's not like an and one attempt. There's not one of your bags to drag in. It's almost like the shot of last resort. You know, right. when there's a really dirty bag. Maybe you can get that extra two or maybe you board it just just for, you know, one. And you can't, I can't understate enough or overstate enough that um you're learning how to do a get behind block is probably the most ins- most important shot you can learn. Yeah. Because if you're just going straight roll as soon as you see a blocker, if you miss that roll, you're pretty much guaranteeing two points for somebody. Easy cleanup, you know? So some people need to learn how to take strategy into this whole deal and being like, hey, they put that block there, let me get behind it and make life hard for them. You know, for me, some people will try to overanalyze me. And, uh, you know, I'll put my block up and they'll... They'll almost be like, well, he's going to make all the air mail, so I'm just going to um, go ahead and shoot. And it's Sorry, like, air mailing now? Yeah. And it's like, no, that's the, wor- that's the worst thing you can do. You got to still make me make them. Yeah. You got to, I mean, you have to. So, again, people need to start, uh, start analyzing themselves and how they can improve their game and what are, the, what are the best things you do during your game when you're throwing your best and build your game around that. Yeah. You know, I think the, the person that we were Ryan Trader, right? We were talking about maybe he's the best player right now. Plays a, I mean, he's rolling it out at the second bag. So when people go up against him. I was watching a little bit. A lot of them will lay behind, or they get, like you said, they get desperate because they know he can block and roll every single time, or block and like you, you airmail every single time. Um, yeah, and you still got to make them hit them. So that's something you could practice, right? When somebody puts that blocker right in front of you, know what you're gonna do. That's the other thing. Like I see people struggle with situations that they should have thought about already. Yeah. Right? Haven't you thought about what you're going to do in the situation? Yeah. There's a blocker right in front of you. Are you going to airmail it, roll it, or try to bully it, or go behind it? What are you doing? <laughs> right. <laughs> like, right. Is it just a feel of the moment? I think you should have a plan going into a match, what what you're going to yeah. do. And, you know, if you've played enough games, you should know what you're good and bad at. You know, obviously don't do things you're bad at, but as with that same thing, if you're playing rounders in the tournament, do things you're bad at because that's the only way you're going to get better at it. Please do things you're bad at. It, it's a rounder game. Go ahead and try to shoot backside and hit a big shot. Yeah, but what if you miss them all and it destroys your confidence and now you think you can never do it? 
Okay, then I guess you're never, I mean, <laughs> then you're never going to be a good, good cornhole player anyways. If your confidence is that soft, where you can't shoot some airmails and just go for shots and rounders that do not matter, you're probably not going to be that good anyway. So, Dang, bro, that's cold. I mean, it's true. This is coming from someone that's played like 3,500 games. All right, well, the other thing you uh, we mentioned talking about was as we have an ACL versus P- TCL coming up, um, what are, you know, what are people going to do? Are they going to play ACL or TCL? Did you want to talk about the comparison a little bit? I'm going to bring something up in a minute. Um, well, we, you know, with uh, ACL bringing a open into town on the same dates as a signature series that, you know, we claim is accidental. And honestly, I personally believe was. Well, that was your guess, right? Yeah, I didn't think it was intentional. Yeah, they've been scrambling to schedule things and they scheduled it. Didn't and it, Look, if you're ACL, you're the boss, you're the biggest league, you're on ESPN, you're going to just call the shots, right? Right. You don't care if somebody else has it. And it's the same thing for TCL. We're not worried about somebody coming into our town and running an event. We're just not. Not when we're, at the end of the day, TCL is paying out. I know it says 50K. It's more than that now that they've added the uh, pro and elite division. Um, now it's more like 55K. Whoa. So, um, yeah, with people need to understand what they're kind of getting out of an ACL open versus going to something like a signature series. Um, if you're going, if you're playing cornhole to play cornhole, and to have a good time and enjoy your weekend. Or I'm, I'm not saying you're not going to enjoy an open, but you're going for your personal experience. A signature series is the way to go. That is going to be more about you. That is going to be about how you threw your weekend um, around people you probably know, and you're going to, you know you're going, what you're going to get out of a signature series. You know you're going to have fun. Then you have your ACL open. That's a mystery box right now. What's the mystery about it? That most people haven't played in that kind of environment. It's quiet. Bring your headphones. Cornhole in a library. Yeah, it's cornhole in a library. Uh, but I think the payouts are more. I think the top... For the... I mean... I think the top players get paid more, right? Or is it so, a percentage? So again, I'm not, I'm, not talking to, I'm not talking to top players right now. Okay. I'm talking to the everyday player. You know, if you're a top player and you're just chasing a payout, okay, make your decision based off of that. But for if you're just a a normal cornhole player that's not necessarily going to go try to be the next pro but just enjoy cornhole then it's to me it's a no-brainer go signature series if you're going if you're a big fan of certain pros i don't know if there's a list out there of the pros that are participating in this open but um then yeah if you want to go see your favorite pro for whatever reason and go to the open and see how they play see how they conduct themselves in actual real life um, not just on the TV, then yeah, it's, I mean, it's a great experience, but we're not talking about Shaquille O'Neal. We're probably talking about a 15, 16-year-old, or we're talking about a 30, 30-year-old 30 that, hey, when you walk up, you meet him, you're going to find out it's just a normal person. It's just a normal person. It's not like you're walking up to LeBron James and being like, man, this guy is a work of art. <laughs> like, this is a special kind of human being. It's cornhole we're talking about here. So if you're going to go basically pay your entry fee, make that trip just to go spectate pros, more power to you. But if we're talking about your actual experience at the event, Signature Series is unmatched. Okay. Was that a plug? Is TCL paying us as a sponsor yet? No, but I would say <laughs> I got ties. That's a plug. 
Yeah, it's just, I okay, guess. Let me, let me re- think if I could, let me criticize TPL for a minute. You can, but let here, me see if I can think me, of some bad things to say. But here's the deal. When I see certain posts advertising for the ACL Open and trying to get, you know, everyday players to come out to that event, they're advertising it. The only way they can advertise it is come see your favorite pros or come see yeah. people who haven't, you haven't played against. That's not what you're probably playing cornhole for. You're playing cornhole for your personal experience. You know, Frank Gears, ACO, he uses the term festival uh, okay. a lot, you know, when you're having a, a cornhole event, right? And um, I think that's a pretty good word, right? You would not, you, a, a signature series, you could call a cornhole festival, yeah. right? Because there's a lot of uh, pomp and circumstance, I think might be a correct term, but, you know, there's a lot more to it than just playing the game of cornhole. I think ACL is a more sterile environment where it's just the game of cornhole. Um, now, let's, let me see if I can stick up for ACL a little bit here which puts me in a really weird position. Uh, I think TCL's too loud, bro. It's so loud in there. Like, I do not do not like it. And I, I wear my headphones, and I try to drown it out. I put on noise canceling. And then I can feel the bass in my chest. Like, it's tickling my heart. It's so freaking loud. And it distracts me, because I'm, like, trying to play my game, and I'm listening to my tunes, and then I can feel the boom, boom, boom. So the speakers are ridiculous. They're way too loud. Sometimes you'll get a game where, like, you're right next to these speakers, and I swear to God, it's creating permanent hearing damage. Tinnitus is what it's called. <laughs> so that sucks. Also, it's so crowded. A lot of times, like, I am right next to somebody and, like, everybody's... I'm trying to play a game of cornhole. This actually happened to me. It was... um, I can't remember the name of the guy I was playing. He's kind of left. But it was a kind of a tough match, you know? It was the loser's bracket, uh, open... open. I made it to the top open... Uh, brackets and I'm in the loser's bracket. I got to win this game to move on. And I'm right next to the traffic area, like right, which is right next to the bar. Okay. This is open. And now for some reason, I'm all the way next to the bar. My box is getting literally walked in. People are walking through my box on the way to the bar, getting wasted. Um, also remember some- which open or which uh, event was this? And I want to say it was a mesquite. Okay, because I, what I will add is that this year it has been a focus to put up bicycle racks and prevent people from walking through courts or walking yeah. around courts, giving yeah. you elbow room. That needs to happen. I go to put my drink down. This is back in my drinking days. And I had to take a dip cup out of my <laughs> I, yeah. cup holder, which yeah. is disgusting. It is. It right? sucks. So what I'm saying is the big crowd uh, and the loud noise can be a negative. It can be a negative. But when you were talking about the big crowd, you're talking about having trouble getting to where you need to be or having someone up on you when you're trying to throw. This is also yeah. an issue for ACL, just is so it? you know. I have, you I, know I there's, still tr- there's still going to be trash out there at ACL events, so you got to walk around, try not to kick down, hope your bag doesn't hit. That's still a problem for them. And they also have the same problem where people want to go um, do a live feed right behind the court. Or they yeah. want to go stand and watch games or right behind a court and just clog these areas that are really only meant to be a walkthrough. Yeah, Not traffic. a stand around, but a walkthrough. Oh, and all the Zookas and you're trying yeah. to... Uh, the Zooka uh, is like such a great thing and negative thing to happen because now literally people, people literally feel like they can just take a seat wherever. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so, because they can. They can. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I think that's a common issue between both leagues. Okay, the crowd. No, 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 no. TCL events are way more crowded than ACL events. They're way more crowded. Are you serious? Are you saying that? It- I'm saying that they have, I understand what you're saying about being crowded, but you have the same issue of trying to get somewhere you need to be and not being able to get there because there's people in the way at both events. Yeah. All right. But I think the if we had to do like a balance balancing test here, 
TCL is going to, going to win when it comes to who's what tournament is more likely to have somebody like walk through your box or in your way when you're trying to compete. I just think it's it's more crowded. That's the experience I've had. Like way more crowded. I disagree with you. And all right, maybe I might be wrong because I've never I mean, competed I've, in AC. I don't know. I've had experience in both leagues, so that's kind of where I'm yeah, coming from. So on. maybe you win on that one. But I, loud music. Um, trying to think what else. But loud music is also like a positive. I understand to some people it's a negative. Some people it's a positive, and not just being no, I, like yeah, I know, I cornhole in a library, and like, well, being drunk. I would say TCL is more drunk versus ACL. It wasn't this last SIG, but yes, it's been that has definitely been something that um, has been a issue. What about bags? You have more options for bags in ACL than TCL. How so? Oh, I could contact any ACL bag manufacturer and say I want these customs and get them. But were we not talking about? By the way, you can buy customs in TCL now. Shout out to Ashton Burton for figuring that out. Um, that has nothing to do with the event. You're talking about... You're the bags you're throwing has everything to do with the event. It's what bags you're throwing. So I think we can all agree that the bags aren't that different. You currently have, what, eight, nine, ten bag manufacturers in TCL. They all have about ten series. Uh, but in ACL, you can get a light. You can get a regular. <laughs> you can get a heavy. Listen, that's, man. I mean, they're the the innovating day, cornhole. Yeah, great innovation over there. Um, at the end of the day, it doesn't, it, you're throwing a one pound bag. It may not be exactly a pound. It may be a little lighter, a little heavier. It's a bag. Well, also the manufacturing tolerances aren't that good. Like guys are shipping bags that are a little more, a little less. They don't have an L or an H or whatever. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Um, I mean, that's one thing you, but I think you could give the nod to ACL on, um, like variety of bags. I don't think so. I don't think the what, variety hey, you know what, different. if you want to throw a bag with a patch on one side, only ACL is your op. Only um, ACL. I'm just trying yeah, to stick up for ACL. I see a lot here. of pros throwing those nowadays. Dude, nobody's throwing that. Uh, what was it? The the one of the different size patches? It was stupid. That was a reach. Yeah, you can pay Jamie Graham all you want to. He can't figure that bag out. You think? So, I mean, sorry. He can't figure those bags out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. yeah um, all right. Well, we'll see what happens. I was. I'm actually thinking about going down to the ACL event, bringing my camera, taking some pictures kind of getting the feel for it. So and listen, I'm not, and this isn't me, I mean, in, in to a degree, it's me dunking on ACL, but that's not really what it's about. I'm just saying that there's different leagues that are prioritizing different things. And if you are just a normal player looking to have fun on your weekend and experience cornhole, Signature Series is the place to be. Have we compared cost of admission? I don't know what the cost of admission is. I haven't either. I don't know I which mean, one's going to cost less. Either way, you're traveling, taking time off, uh, Getting a hotel. Yeah. Well, how about this? Either way, you're going to be playing cornhole, and that's great because this is the Texas Cornhole Show. We're going to have two big events here in Texas the next couple of weeks, and we're going to cover both of them. It's going to be badass. Uh, I'm going to try to balance the force, be the yin to your yang to make sure we get <laughs> I all mean, things covered. We all know I have a level of bias. We know where you stand. Uh, we know where I stand, and I'm not, hey, I will die on that side. It's just who I am. I, we, I know. But at the same time, you know, I have participated in the ACL League at the highest level, and I there are things about ACL that I enjoy, but I think that their league is focused on the pro division. The pro division, that's right. Okay, now before we leave... This is going to be the end of the show because my computer's running out of batteries and I didn't plug it in like an idiot. We have the CornholeDatabase.com. It's CornholeDB.com. Shout out to this guy. Uh, love this guy, uh, whoever he is. I need to meet him. Maybe he'll be on the show one day. 
Uh, but what he's done is taken all of the winnings that he can get for the year and created a list of the top money earners in ACL, ACL events only. These are basically just open uh, ACL events. So the number one player is a kid, Jacob Gore. This kid's made six grand playing cornhole. I don't know if anyone has watched ACL live feeds, but if you watch an ACL live feed and see Jacob Core is commentating, please listen. Yeah, he's awesome. This kid uses all the buttons. <laughs> this kid says all the right words. This kid has a talent beyond just throwing a cornhole bag. Yeah, Jacob Core is something special. Okay, the number one Texas guy and the number two guy on the list, who we've actually at one point we said might be the best cornhole player right now, Gavin Cano. Yeah, he's been on another level lately, hasn't he? Yeah, pulled in 6,500 bucks because he's always in like the finals or like in the main bracket. Like right. he makes it through his bracket. The right. dude's killing it. So shout out to those guys. And then a friend of the show, Ryan Schrader, uh, he's at third place with six grand. So kind of cool to see that, to see how many, how much money people so are added making. So added context on this too. I don't know if, I'm sorry if I missed it, but this is on ACL Opens, Nationals, which haven't had any yet, shootouts, yeah. um, et cetera. So this really isn't covering regional events. That's right. So they're making a lot more. So they're making, they're definitely making more than the, more than this because you can go to two regionals a week. If you can clean those up, um, you know, that's an extra 500 bucks at least a week. Yeah, we were talking about a certain kid making like 1500 bucks. Yeah. 1500. But yeah, just, you know, Hey, make an airmail in the right place, right time win a tournament, right place, right time, 1500 bucks going to kids wallet, you know, that's the good news. But on the other hand, these are professionals. And so far to date, they've the best have only made six grand. Yeah. You know what I mean, that's not paying the bills because it's already, how deep are we into this season? Six, seven opens. So we'll see how much the nationals pay out, but. <laughs>